Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit KMLawyers.com to get started. You can mention us and the show. Grant and Danny, score yourself a discount. KMLawyers.com. Jay Gruden joins us in one hour at five. We're going to give away tickets to see the Caps and the Canadians when he stops by in 60 minutes. So you want to see the Caps live in the good seats? Make sure you're listening. Caps Canadians right here on the fan in one hour at five o'clock. It is time for our Beltway Blitz. We'll cover the Wizards with Dave Johnson, the Commanders with EB from the Junks, not the EB who interviewed for the head coaching job. This week, although everybody's getting an interview, so maybe Bickle might get one as well. You never know. Uh, and we will hit the ice. Let's do that right now. Mike Vogel covers the Caps uh, for the club. You can check him out on their site. By the way, Vogue's in uh, an update that absolutely nobody cares about, but as a hockey lifer you might find interesting, I got my kid skating. He's out at the St. James, just learning how to skate now. He wants to play hockey. He just turned three. Uh, is this a good age for draft him to eligible? Get out there? And how long? What do you think? Yeah, man, that's uh, that's about the time I got on the ice the first time. I think I was three. I think my son was three. He still plays. He's he's in his mid twenties now. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great game. Uh, I can't can't recommend it enough. Uh, if he if he's into it, let let him let him do it. It's uh, uh, the, the the people that you meet are are really for life. Like uh, the 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 hockey parents um, uh, that that my kid played with throughout his his entire you know from four to eighteen are are still you know cl- I'm still close to those people so yeah I I, th- I think it's I think it's a great thing I mean I, I think any team sports is is a great thing for for kids uh, of of any age really I think it's it's an absolutely necessary life skill to to learn how to play with and against uh, other people, win and lose graciously, all those sorts of things. I'm with you. We'll see if he ends up playing. We're, right now, I just want him to like be able to skate, and uh, yeah. he's super into it. And, yeah, man, I mean, he's like he's had two lessons, so he's like one away from being better than me. Well, he loves contact, this kid, folks. <laughs> he, you got, he loves to yeah. throw his weight around. He's hip-checking everyone at home. They're going to use. They're going to focus and harness it. If he could score some goals, maybe he'll get a contract because the Caps need some. They get shut out. They were short on shots again. <laughs> against the Blues. They were coming off a win over the Blues where they'd scored five 
Why can't they consistently score any goals? Yeah, you know what, Grant? And the thing is, like you, you mentioned, the five. You know that was a, a heavy power play uh, game too. I think there was an empty netter. There were two power play goals. There was one goal that was like a couple seconds after a power play. So essentially, the last two games, I think they produced one goal at five on five. And the really alarming thing to me on Saturday night, look, it's really hard in the National Hockey League to beat the same team two nights or two games in a row. Um, we saw it twice over the last two weekends. The difference was they played well enough to win both of those games against the Rangers. They did not do so uh, on Saturday night against the Blues. And the thing that really alarmed me was each of the three periods, there was a long stretch where they had nothing. There was uh, 11 minutes in the first period without a shot, seven minutes in the second, and 10 in the third. And, and going into the third, it's still a two-goal game, and, and they, they actually showed some, some real signs of life late in the second on the power play. Had three really good looks where if you get one, you're going into the third down just one. And, and so they weren't, you know, I, I don't think Charlie liked the first goal on the first shot, but I, I think he settled in nicely after that. And, and again, the Cavs defended great at, at five on five. None of the St. Louis goals were, you know, one was a shorty, one was a power play, one was on a delayed penalty. So five on five, the Cavs were, were pretty um, – we're pretty clean defensively, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is an ongoing problem, right? I mean, I feel like we talk about this every time I'm on because they played 44 games now and there's 16 of them where they have scored zero or one. And that's more than they Hmm. had all of last year. So it's definitely alarming. And all you can do, uh, you know, I already mentioned after the game, I said, we're not trying to score goals anymore. We're trying to get shots. You know, so they're really trying to simplify. I talked to T.J. Oshie this morning, too, and he, he, that was his word, simplify. You know, we've got to kind of get back to the basics. Pucks to the net, bodies to the net, traffic. Um, that You know, they're going to have to find ways to get some, some greasy goals and, they're, you know, probably flip the lines again like they did uh, uh, on Saturday night, but but to no good effect. So, folks, speaking of big picture, they're five and five over their last ten. It just sort of feels like every couple of steps forward just feels like maybe yeah. a step sideways or a step back. Or you have a game like Saturday that you kind of mentioned. It's not to say they're running out of time because there's still you know thirty seven. I think it is thirty eight games left. But at a certain point, people are going to start to separate themselves in this Eastern Conference in this really tight division. They kind of have to start picking it up here, don't they? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Danny, because, I mean, they could be that team that separates them. So every team's trying right now. I feel like every team in the Metro is, is doing that same thing, one yep. step forward, two steps backward uh, kind of thing. And, and, you know, when the Caps won that game against St. Louis at home, that gave them back-to-back wins for the first time in almost a month. And, I mean, you, you've got to keep the points coming, and they've done that pretty well over the, the, the whole season. But – at some point, you've got to start stacking the wins together. And that's another reason that this, the St. Louis game in St. Louis really hurt them because there's an opportunity to stretch it to three. And then you can come into Minnesota and maybe stretch it to four. Instead, you're in Minnesota and you're looking to get started all over again. And, oh, by the way, you've got a, you've got a game at altitude looming the very next night against the team that won the Cup a couple of years ago. And then you've got Dallas. And then you've got a long break. So, 
I mean, the last three games of this trip to me are pretty significant as far as just the process, making sure that they look good, that they feel good about their game over that. Because whatever happens here in these three games, you're going to have to sit with those results for about 10 days uh, over the bye week and the all-star break. Folks, good catching up. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, let's talk hoops. Dave Johnson, voice of the Wizards. What a weekend at Capital One Arena. Saturday and Sunday, a little double dip. They had Wemby and Joker in town. Dave was right there to see it. Uh, takeaways from Wemby, who nobody is quite like on the planet, and then Joker, who's probably the best player on the planet. Well, yeah, and what's amazing is uh, Jokic, again, as he lumber, lumbers up the court, and he, as he does a fast break in, in slow motion. But uh, what, what gets lost is, is he just has tremendous footwork. And I actually talked to Wes Unsell Jr., coach uh, Nikola Jokic, about this. Uh, to me, if you ever want to support team handball, if you Google it, if you YouTube it or whatever, he was a team handball player. So if you, if you look at the way he grabs the ball and waves it around, uh, there was a pass last night where he threw it uh, over his shoulder with his back to the basket and hit, uh, I think, Jamal Murray making a backdoor cut. He didn't even see him. He just, just threw it there. So my team handball analogy, if you ever watch team handball, it, it's a very physical sport. And it's not, uh, you know, it's something where you have to deal with a lot of contact and keep possession of the ball. And I think that works in, in his favor. He is He's just truly uh, a special player, and you, you just don't see it coming. And the next thing you know, it's 41 points, and it's all the assist, and, and, and he is just tremendous. And, look, Victor Webinyama, are you kidding me? He's 20 years old. Uh, again, I get it, the athleticism, the, the eight foot wingspan, uh, but then it, 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 it's, it's the smarts. And what was really cool on Saturday, you know, playing Bilal Koulibaly had a very good game. And both players, by the way, made differences for their team in the second half. In the end, when Yama, you know, won out. But it, it was a heartening feeling that, like, wow, you know, they've got a French rookie who's going to be a generational player. And we've got one, I'm not saying he's going to be a generational player, but there's something – to Bilal Kulavali, so that was worth celebrating. Dave, I've always been intrigued by Marvin Bagley Jr. I, I've never quite understood what hasn't worked for him. I, I, it's not like I followed closely. I don't know if there have been uh, you know, issues with him and other players or teammates and, or coaching staffs, but a guy that's 6'10", that's that fluid and smooth, that can do a little bit of everything, I'm intrigued by him through three games. Really good sample. I'm not saying that, that, a, that a season or a career makes, but uh, that seems to be a nice little pickup. Well, no, it is a pickup, and, and in, in the context of the three games, he really didn't play a lot in January with Detroit, and all of a sudden he comes to a new team, and in his first two games since the, the trade, he started because Daniel Gafford was out, and he had over 20 points and over 10 rebounds. Well, there's only three players in the history of the NBA that have had more than 20 points and more than 10 rebounds uh, after a midseason trade. The other two, Antoine Walker and some guy named Wilt Chamberlain. So, you know, that puts him in pretty good company. Now, last night he came off the bench uh, as Gafford returned and started, but he had 14 points and, and, you know, again, like eight or nine rebounds or something like that. Uh, this, is, this is, again, and I think we discussed this last week, part of the, part of the process where uh, don't look necessarily for the blockbuster trade, but are, we, are, are the Wizards going to be able to find that player that, that, well, didn't work out in Sacramento, didn't work out in Detroit, but now the Wizards will be that opportunity because, as I was talking to, to Tyus Jones after the game last night, uh, you know, another Duke guy, 
uh, he knows how to play the game. He has the, the instincts, the feel, whatever you want to call it. Because when you have that kind of success with a new team, when you, you know, don't even know the plays yet, uh, you know, what he's doing is simple, fundamental basketball uh, you know, his skills, the screens he sets, the rolling to the, the basket. I, you know, there was a reason I believe he was the number two overall pick back in 2018. Uh, now his numbers have not lived up to that, but what the hope is in Washington that, okay, maybe this will be where is his fit and opportunity. As I said, the, the, the most dramatic example of a fit and opportunity situation is Ben Wallace, who goes from the Wizards goes for Orlando, ends up in Detroit. Nobody saw it coming. He ends up in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Marvin Bagley, but what I'm saying is when you're talking about a 23- or 24-year-old player, it's important not to write him off right away for the very reason you just said. You've always been intrigued by him, the skill set, the size, and what he's doing so far for the Wizards. Excellent info as always, Dave. We appreciate you, buddy. Be good. Listen, I always look forward to the call. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thank Dave. you. All right, let's keep the blitz moving. We talked about Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. earlier today. The other EB is on with us right now on our Beltway Blitz. Uh, Mr. Bickle, what do you make of Mr. Bieniemy interviewing for the head coaching job? Listen, I think he deserves it in the sense of what he's accomplished in this league. Um, but I don't think there's a chance in hell they hire him. Uh, God bless him. Had a 17-game run here, 17-game audition. Just was a bad marriage. Didn't work. Not the right personnel, not the right guy. Uh, I think he can be successful somewhere, but it just didn't work here. So I, I don't see a scenario where this happens. It's almost kind of laughable. EB, could you see a scenario where he does stay here, but as the OC, if they get a young kind of upstart to, uh, defensive mind to be the head coach, maybe someone no. without head coaching experience? No. No chance. Hard pass. No, didn't work. We took a young quarterback that did have some promise. I think we all agree with that. And we threw him to the Wolves. We had him leading the league in passing. We didn't give him a running game to support him. We didn't give him a a, a line to support him. It seemed like it took Eric seven games to figure out that we needed to max protect more and get rid of the, the, the football. We needed more quick game. And then we didn't adjust when we saw that guy clearly had hit a wall the sacks, I think, took a toll on him. I think he was pressing. I think he looked, lacked confidence. There was very little creativity, and he kept throwing him 50 times a game. Uh, didn't make sense to me. Didn't like it. Got angry as the season wore on. Of the names you're hearing mentioned in the head coach candidacy, what would excite you and what wouldn't? Well, I, I've learned this. I, look, I get excited for everybody for the most part, Grant. I was super excited for Shanny. I was excited for Spurrier. Uh, I was excited for Gibbs. Uh, I think we all loved Jay when he was here. He's just so fun, and, and, and you know, he, he could scheme guys open. Um, but it, it always ends in disappointment. I was excited for Scott McLuhan. So I, I think this go-around, I'll be excited, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in any of these guys' baskets, right? So let's see what they can do. Um, I'd prefer to have an offensive-minded guy because, I, I, you know, we watched that game yesterday and, and over the weekend, and it's obvious we need to score points in this league. Um, but if they hire a great leader and, and a defensive mind like the, like the young uh, guy in uh, – what's his last name? Is it McCarthy? 
What's the last? Which guy? I, I, it's escaping me right now. In 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 uh, McDonald's. In McDonald's. 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 Yeah. If we hire like like McDonald's, I'm I'm all in, and I'll trust them. Um, but I, I I'm not I'm not hitching my wagon to any of these guys because I have gotten burned way too many. I I liked all of the previous hires, and it never works out. What's more important to you? You you kind of touched on it that. That you know, nebulous, hard to pin down leadership quality. Think of that guy that's the you know the the elder statesman, the leader of men, the the, the Mike Tomlin, mm-hmm. the John Harbaugh kind of guy, or X's right. and O's genius. Think Mike McDonald, Kyle Shanahan, and company. What's more I important don't know. to you? I think we need both. To be honest with you, I said this this morning, and I was it was in fairness, you pull the curtain back. I was being a little shticky, um, but I'd almost rather if you're insisting on bringing the enemy in, bring him in as my head coach, my motivator guy. Just don't let him touch the offense. <laughs> don't let him don't let him scheme up the running game and the passing game and all that. Because I actually like his hard assness. I like his attention to detail, allegedly, right? I like his ability. Some guys really do seem to respond to him. Um, but I just don't want him uh coaching up the offense. I don't even remember your question, but for some reason I wanted to say that. Are you excited for February second when we're doing our little live event? Live bits. It should be amazing. Anytime we all get together, it's actually a lot of fun. Should be good, right? We're pumped up. I'm super pumped. Hey, can I can I ask you? I have a bone to pick with you guys, and you can explain it to me in person because I haven't heard it uh, in person. So everybody on Twitter is going crazy, right? Because I know Danny and, and, and you guys all hate the rule about the fumble going out of the end zone That's and right. the other team, right? I To me, I don't understand that. Like, why does that make you crazy? They shouldn't be rewarded for fumbling the ball through the end zone. I just want to hear your rationale. I'm I'm happy to give it to you. So yeah. to me, the the this is a disproportionate and punitive response, unlike anything else that we have in sports, save for a red card in soccer. So everywhere else, ninety nine point nine percent of the field, a fumble goes out of bounds. We revert possession to the team that fumbled it. Whether you think that's fair or otherwise, we can come back to it. This fumble, because it's in a specific spot, and it's more significant because it's the end zone, not only changes possession, but then gives the team that didn't recover the fumble 20% of the field as a bonus. No other I, penalty I, I, does that. Nothing nothing else we have in sports would do that. If you okay, want to change so it to let's, back let's up the offense, this. fine by me. Go ahead. Let's parse this here a little bit. Yep. So are you? So your beef is not that it changes possession, but that it starts at the twenty. Both. Is that your beef? It's it's the combined punitive nature of something that's so over the top and different than it is enforced the rest of the field. It would Except be like the, the equivalent to me. Eric, sorry, I'll, I'll let you. I'm gonna let you finish. The equivalent to me would be if you jaywalked everywhere else and nobody cared, but you jaywalked in seven cubic feet of a certain part of the city and then threw you in jail for thirty days. The only counter to that that I can think of. And I stipulate that you got everyone smarter than me. My counter <laughs> to that would be that a safety in the end zone is just as, is actually more punitive, uh, right? You give them the football, they get points. Um, so to me, it's it's and I, I to me I actually understand the rule. If you were if you had the ball on the one yard line and you drop back to pass and you fumble it, it you know you shouldn't get the ball. But like you, you fumbled it out of bounds, like that's a safety. So to me, I would equate it to a safety and not another fumble. I where I would be willing to change the rule is if you want to make it a punishment to the fumbling team, which is what it mm-hmm. seems like people want to do, which is fine. Well, I mean, it, they did fumble it out of bounds through the end zone. I mean, I sure. do think that there should be a penalty. 
Sure. So I would move the ball back to the 10. They'd retain possession. If that's not enough, I'd be as well. I'd be willing to move the ball all the way back to the 20. It's almost guarantee, unless it's like first and goal and you make a couple plays, that you probably now have to settle for a field goal and it's now a massive punishment. For me, it's it's even more simple than what Danny's saying. If you don't possess the football, you don't get the football. Uh, it's it's very very simple to me. And this, this like you the, the whole argument is like, well, people will just throw the ball into the end zone. No, they won't. That's not a thing. Like we're guarding against a ghost that doesn't really exist. People are going to still try not to fumble. But unless you possess the ball, you shouldn't get the ball. That, that's where I'm at. Except that in a safety, you have no problem with a safety in that similar scenario. Right, so like but in, but in a you're safety, backed up on your own one. Sure, but in a safety, uh, and a quarterback drops back, he's rushed or whatever, and he fumbles it out of bounds. Right. That's fine. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. He lost the ball out of bounds. Out of bounds. Right. In, this, in the end zone. Yeah, that's fine. If if you are operating in the end zone, lose the football, whatever, that's fine. The the idea that in in a circumstance where like if I am reaching out and I possess the football and a, a, mm-hmm. a quarter of an inch of the football gets to the goal line, it's a touchdown and everything stops. But if I lose the ball and it goes forward out of bounds, now you get the ball and a fifth of the football field. I just think it's ridiculous. Not if it goes out of bounds. If it goes out of bounds through the end zone, because anywhere else Correct. that wouldn't happen. Right, and yeah, that's my whole point. Yeah, the uneven yeah. application of the standards. So your point about a defense and a safety is an interesting one, Eb. To me, yeah. though, that's that's a defensive earn more so than it is a bailout after ninety nine percent of the field has been taken over by the but offense. Do you think the defense earned that guy made a hell of a play? Of course he did, and and you you yeah. deserve a stop there, and and that's all good. But a, a defense creating a safety at the exact opposite end of the field versus they've been driven upon or the ball's moved into a goal-to-go situation, it feels less earned to me than in an individual moment where a guy causes a fumble. Also, the it's a good play. the could do nothing. It, it, we've seen it before where a guy's just running and like loses the ball. Like Remember Griffin reaching out against the Giants where he's got the ball? Everyone in the world knows he has the ball, but it's sort of like bobbled in his hand. And they said, not only is that not a touchdown, but we're going to give the Giants the football plus 20 yards. Now, you, you want to punish him because he didn't possess the ball? Sure. Move the ball back. But in that situation, we're rewarding the defense for what exactly? I would my compromise would be because I, I can tell we're not going to agree. My compromise would be, I actually think you deserve to lose the ball. Fine. When you fumble it through the end zone, but you don't have to start at twenty. I think you should start with your butt right against the one yard line or whatever, wherever the heck. I it, could deal you with know that. What I mean, uh, that, that would be better than the current. Like anything would be better than the current rule. I'd rather you just wake up every mm-hmm. day at eight a.m. and come to my house and just take a bat to my shins than the current rule. I think it's awful, but having said that, yes, that's better. But even then, it's it's not a good situation for them coming out and the almost certain doom that could follow. I just the team that last had the ball gets to possess the ball in every other situation unless you recover it. So unless you recover a fumble, you don't get it for me. But I, I would move the ball back to the twenty, and now it's a massive penalty for the fumble. Except I still don't understand how you guys are parsing the difference when you have the ball on offense and you're backed up to your own. Like you say, it's first and ten. You just got the ball, uh, and you, you fumble it out of, out of the end zone. It'll be a safety. Nobody has a problem with that. Right. I think I think I'm with Danny in that. I believe that that is a more like egregious blunder, so to speak, or like <laughs> earned. So you right. know what I'm like. It's it's there's a play happening generally where unless you're Dan Orlovsky. You just decide you see someone in the crowd and you run out of the end. You just run towards them. Generally, it's a 
Like football happened more than just the good fortune of, well, the ball went there and I didn't have anything to do with it, but now I get a chunk play and possession when I didn't have possession. You know what's a shame about the whole thing is I actually think Orlovsky's really good TV. He's great TV. <laughs> he is good TV. <laughs> and he's got that clip that when they ever want to throw it in his face, it's yeah. kind of, you know, just a little unfair. It's the trump card in every argument, unfortunately, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah. We'll see you soon. See you, pal. All right. Thank you, boys. All right. Our buddy EB from the Junkies on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Next on GND, let's get back to some of the division round playoff games. And one thing that we thought we thought watching each of those games, you're listening to The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Grant and Danny on the fan. I was giving EB's theory more thought during the break. His, his question was, why are you guys so bothered by the loss of possession there, but not a safety, two points and punting. To me, the safety, you're going backwards. It feels like the offense is failing. When you are about to score, you're diving forwards. The offense often is thriving. It's ex- These plays happen when you're capping a 75-yard drive or when Justin Jefferson is rumbling for 50 yards from Cousins and diving against the Eagles. So a lot of the times... It's a reversal of momentum during the offense achieving, diving, falling forward, trying to score at the end of a drive on the precipice of points, as opposed to the opposite of that, which is you're 98 yards from points, you're at your own goal line, you're going backwards, you're on your heels, the defense is the aggressor. That would be my answer as I've thought about it. It's it's actually a great question. It's not what I'd, I'd heard posed or seen. The, the answers you usually get when you correctly rail against that stupid rule are, well, don't fumble, man. If you don't rock, you don't fumble. Just, you know, idiotic, tough guy responses. Um, his comp is actually a really good one. To me, if you want to even add part of the rule where, let's say for the sake of argument, the offense keeps the ball, but the defense gets two points out of it. I think it's more equitable than what they have. It's the disproportionate... Astounding response 
that's so punitive, it's different than anything else the sport has to offer, the way they treat a fumble that goes out of bounds. And it goes out of bounds in, in one key spot. I recognize the end zone's more important than, say, the 36. So treat it more seriously. Back the offense up. Give the defense the ball at the one-foot line. Whatever you want to do. The combination of both things, possession, which you only get seven, eight, nine meaningful ones per game, and then 20 yards, more significant than any penalty non-pass interference division, potentially, is staggering. I've got a Ben Johnson stat. I wanted to, oh, Ben Johnson alert. I wanted to throw this out there. Top five expected completion percentage leaders in the NFL this season. I told you that Jared Goff had the highest expected completion percentage in playoff football this weekend. So I was just thinking about it. I go, well, I wonder who was the best at this all year long. I view this as an offensive coordinator stat. It's basically, to me, you know, who gets your quarterback in the most favorable situations? It might mean getting receivers open. It might mean, you know, throwing just screen passes or whatever. But who puts your quarterback in the best situation kind of makes life easiest on the QB? The top five coordinators and play callers this year in this regard, Andy Reid, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson alert. And Doug Peterson. That's pretty damn good company. That's good company. I this We talk about this all the time. I love it when a stat backs up what I think I'm seeing. Exactly. Right? That's what but it is. Expected completion percentage this year among starters full-time in the NFL – Mahomes, Tua, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, like their their coaches made their life easiest with the throws they were asked to make. That's that's the company I want my guy in. So I thought I thought I would throw that out there for you. It's a, it's a good nugget. It's a delicious one. I dipped it in both the Chick Fil A sauce, took a bite, then dipped it in barbecue sauce. I'll be sprinkling some others in as we go. Oh, okay. I can't promise they're all going to be pro Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson alert. They probably will be. Do you have a negative Ben Johnson stat? Hmm. Just so you sound balanced. I would have to dig into that pretty hard. There's some games where his first and 10 run rate isn't up to my standards. <laughs> you know, he, he can do a little pound in the football from time to time. But, hey, I, I am for doing what works and kind of working with your personnel. And if Jared Goff was my quarterback and I ran the ball the way they do and I had that offensive line. I would probably be pretty damn balanced too. Like I would love to know: Has Ben Johnson asked a member, like a junior member of his staff, could you just hide David Montgomery's helmet for a couple series? Could you just misplace it or say that there's a problem with it? And he has to get it fixed. David Montgomery's legit good, so he's, I doubt he would do that. He's fine. Uh, I mean, he's just he's just a guy that succeeds and is good, and people don't like because you know he's not running a four two. But yeah, all he is is successful. They got better options though. Including a guy that drafted in the first round. So there's pro- there's probably times where David Montgomery maybe shouldn't get some of those sledgehammer runs, and maybe they could give the ball to someone else. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. He's on their way to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that's because they got a guy named Ben Johnson that's running right. for him. Calling calling David Montgomery's number every now and then. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I like the way that they've incorporated Jameer Gibbs more and more as the years gone along. Like you're saying, I would probably would have used him a little more early on as well. But basically a split of the carries. Montgomery yesterday, 10 for 33. Gibbs, 9 for 74. Had a lot more success. He ripped off a 31-yard run, which helped with those numbers. But let's go. One thing we think we think, Danny. We'll go in the order of the game. So let's start with the Texans and the Ravens. We will do this next on Grant and Danny here on 106.7 The Fan.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Jay Gruden joins the show in 15 minutes. We're going to give away Caps tickets at that time at 5 o'clock. Make sure you're listening right here on Grant and Danny. GP, super quick. Sorry, do your kids do this? Uh, My son loves this song right now. So whenever we get in the car, he's like, can you play safe and sound? And we have to play it now multiple times per, like, seven-minute trip. We've got to run up through the entirety of the trip. No way. What song is this? This is called Safe and Sound. I can't remember the name of the band. But I've I have heard this song two hundred fifty thousand times since the start of November. No For kidding. whatever reason, like it came across his radar. He's like, "Can you play safe and I mean, sound?" My, it's my like, kids do that for sure with other songs. Like mostly, it's from movies. Mm-hmm. Or play the sing soundtrack or play the Frozen soundtrack. Right now, we're big, big, big on Taylor Swift. There's like two of her songs that my daughter loves. One is um, Enchanted. Okay. I don't remember the other one. I don't know that. I know, I'm so bad with the names. Like Blank Space I got. Yeah, I know. But it's always are, like. They're the famous ones. Yeah. But, you know, but the, the new thing is to, like, say the name of a song, then you don't even say the, that those words in the song. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's, like, torn, and then there's no word. The torn doesn't appear anywhere. Hmm. Or, like, my notebook, and it's just, like, stuff that doesn't say notebook. There's no notebook? I'm not trying to. Uh, well, but she, so she likes Taylor Swift. Yeah. Her, her and my wife went to the, they saw Taylor Swift's concert in the movie theater. We weren't the people that got the tickets for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> the, she probably couldn't have sat through it. But they went to a movie theater and sat for an hour and 40 minutes and saw like half of the movie that was the concert. Um, so she's now been obsessed with that. So she sings a couple of those songs. Those are kind of the wheelhouse ones. Gotcha. My son just wants to hear Take Me Out to the Ball Game and sing that over and over again. Coco Melon style. That's his go-to. That and weirdly enough, 
The Man by The Killers. He loves that song. Stark contradiction there. Very different. Did not think that would be. All right, Jerry. So now you can fire up the NFL music. One thing we think we think every game that was played this weekend. Start with the Ravens. That's the best team in the NFL. I've been beating this drum for a minute. They're really good on offense, but they're even better on defense. Congrats to the Houston Texans. Awesome. Yep. You, you went from joke to you know potential conference finalist. Remarkable turnaround. The future's bright. But the Ravens, GP, that's the best team in the NFL. Yeah, the thing I think I think for Baltimore, this is a Super Bowl defense. They may win the title, and their defense is going to carry them to it. I mean, Lamar playing at the level he is. Nice assist to him, I would say, as well. Four touchdowns, two as a passer, two as a runner, ran for a hundred, threw for a buck fifty. Thing I think I think for the Texans, I love CJ Stroud. I know it was ugly and he threw for a buck seventy five. His rating was in the seventies. I think he was like nineteen of thirty five or whatever it was. CJ Stroud made a couple of unbelievable plays early in that game. There was a play where he kind of rolled out to his right, he extended, he extended, he was about to fall out of bounds. Just kind of lobs a ball downfield and he like threw a guy open. It was such an unbelievable play that you go, you don't need to see anything else. Like that is the dream. You got the guy. He's got the huge frame. He's big, physical presence, makes every throw. The Texans are in a really, really good spot going into the future. Thing that I think, that I think, that I think, that I think about that Niners-Packers game. 49ers got away with it. This was their vulnerable, shaky in the center of the ring, standing eight-count game against an upstart opponent that wasn't particularly good a couple of months ago, but Green Bay came on like gangbusters. Purdy was shaky. He was not good in the inclement weather. They're going to miss Debo Samuel an awful lot, but they survive. Sometimes that's all you got to do. Sometimes it's... You know, it's not always the prettiest or the most dominant performance. They'll get to keep dancing. They're still a Super Bowl contender in my mind. They're a 1A, maybe even a 2 uh, in this NFL, I think, behind Baltimore. But that is still a Super Bowl contender, and they got away with it, Jeeps. Death taxes and Kyle Shanahan in the NFC title game as long as he's got his quarterback. thing I think, I think, if Kyle's QB1 is healthy, he's going to be one of the last coaches standing in his conference. We've seen that now. Three in a row, four out of five for him. Also sneaky for the 49ers. Jawan Jennings is just... He is an underrated, really good player. Their wide receiver, it seems like on third downs, he comes up huge. Debo gets hurt. Ayuk, for whatever reason, was quiet, three for 32. But time and time again, Jawan Jennings was making big plays for them. He kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but I love what he brings to that team. Kind of similar to what I said with Stroud. Thing I think I think for the Packers, Jordan Love is tremendous. They have their quarterback of the future. They should extend him this season. And thing I think I think, good for Gutekunst and LaFleur. Their GM and head coach, they took it on the chin. People were crushing them with how they handled the Aaron Rodgers situation. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers was doing this weekend, but those guys were on the precipice of getting to the NFC title game. They're in a really good spot going forward. I'm happy for both of them. Quick thing I think I think about Green Bay. Jordan Love's going to be the story, and he should be. I feel like Aaron Jones is criminally underappreciated. That guy's awesome. All, all he does is average close to five yards per carry over the course of his career. In fact, he's right at five. Good receiver out of the backfield. Can run quick, can run tough, can run patient. He's re- always been really, really good, and nobody seems to care. He'll probably be somewhere else next season, but yeah, he's very, very good. Uh, Bucks lions Thing I think I think for Tampa Bay, I said it earlier, I think Dave Canales should be getting more head coaching interest. I think he did a great job with Baker Mayfield, who had a very good season. Also, thing I think I think, not surprising here, Mike Evans, Hall of Famer. His career, if you just look at his consistency in numbers, we've literally never seen it before. He has had 10 consecutive seasons with 1,000 yards, 
1,050, 1,200, 1,300, 1,000, 1,500, 1,100, 1,000, 1,030, 1,120, and 1,255 this year. Maybe the most consistent receiver in league history in terms of posting numbers year in and year out, Mike Evans. Other side of the uh, game, thing I think I think for the Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the 10 best receivers in the league, and I want me a Sam Laporta. Early second round, you're going to have a couple of picks. I want a tight end with one of those picks that could be a matchup problem. Thing that I think I think Detroit's defense isn't good. And they've been able to work around it. They made a couple of huge plays in this game. A couple of interceptions of Baker Mayfield, including right there at the end. That's what's going to be the thing that undoes them whenever it does happen. This ride has been incredible. Detroit, the city, the fan base, the organization, gone again from punchline to Super Bowl contender. Good for them. That's what's going to lose them a game at some point. There's only a couple of games left potentially to lose. But that's what's going to undo them. For Tampa's side... Good for Todd Bowles. I know the end of the game wasn't real good. I don't get why he didn't call timeout there, or, or maybe the, the graphic was wrong. I don't know. Point is this. Tampa shouldn't be there. That NFC South was a joke. They weren't particularly good. Nobody thought much of them this year. They, as you to echo what you said about Dave Canales, they get themselves on the precipice of a conference championship game. Really, really impressive for a group that was pretty pedestrian. Thing I think, I think for the Bills, 27-24 losers last evening. Josh Allen deserved better. Ran for 72 yards and a couple of touchdowns, threw another, buck 86 for him. I want to see that guy get a shot in the Super Bowl. Uh, Thing I think, I think for the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco was their best player yesterday. I know that's a hot take because Patrick Mahomes is on that team. I thought he was pretty good. At times, made some spectacular plays. Isaiah Pacheco was awesome, and he has been for much of this season. Thing I think I think twofold. Number one, I feel for Sean McDermott. I feel for a lot of the Bills fans. Not having Gabe Davis, I think, was a factor. One of those deep balls he may have been on the other end of. Uh, they missed too many guys via injury. Were just maybe a player or two short. The other thing I think I think for opponents' future of the Kansas City Chiefs, don't go for Pat Mahomes' pump fakes close to the line of scrimmage. Just don't. He had that one play, GP, where he was a yard and a half pass. He did this like fake backhand flip, and then was able to run around the edge for a first down. That was a backbreaking type play. Don't go for those pumps. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondori and Murad. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. You visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to get a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. We're giving away Caps tickets at the top of the hour as soon as we return, and Jay Gruden will be on the show. That's next on Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend? 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.